What's up, everybody? I hope you are having a great and fantastic day wherever you are, whatever time of the day it is. I'm your host, Cody Tilly. Hey, I've reached out to y'all, and uh, y'all, have, y'all have told me, hey, when I asked you, I said, what was one thing that you know you could see that uh, that could be different or like anything like that? Y'all have all said, man, we just wish they were a little bit longer. So I, that's what I have done this week. I am getting to share a sermon with y'all that I preached a few weeks ago at my home church, and it's called The Waiting, something I know that I struggle with, something that I know so many of us struggle with so i hope you enjoy it this is the full sermon the full thing of the sermon called the waiting so i hope y'all enjoy it uh please like share subscribe to uh, the podcast share it on instagram facebook uh, all that good stuff so man i hope y'all have a great rest of your day i hope you enjoy the sermon and i hope that god speaks to you through it y'all have a great day i love y'all say hey i i Got to see, that, that, they said that was a good one. That, that one gets approval. Hey, um, I, I, am, I am super pumped that, of, of what kind of God has laid on my heart today. And, and, and I, I, I want to show you something. I, I got to share a story with you first. So apparently, y'all have, y'all have realized now on Facebook that I have a girlfriend. And um, I know. But here's the difference. I have learned this, that... When it was put on there and the pictures were put on there, on her post, y'all were so nice. Y'all were, oh, y'all are so beautiful together. Y'all, man, beautiful uh, couple. I'm so happy for y'all. And then on my post, all I see is, it's about time. I never thought this time was going to come. Are, are you sure she is actually, she knows who she's with? And then every single person that I introduced you, do you realize who you're hanging out with? Like, I mean, like, y'all are, y'all are mean. I mean, come on. Like, y'all give me a little bit of credit around this place. I mean, come on. Um, but we, we went uh, a few weeks ago, and we were at Bridge Street, and I was having uh, dinner with, some, uh, with an elder that, of, of a church where I used to be at in Florida, and he was up here for um, seeing his, his daughter, and we, we went to Bridge Street, and we went to go have dinner with them. I had these plans lined up, and it was great. And, and I had this one restaurant at Bridge Street that I, I, that I really enjoy going to and eating at. And I was like, well, that, that's where we're going to go. You know, we'll, we'll meet up there, and we'll eat. And, and we went, and so we, we meet them there, and then we walk in this restaurant, and they're like, well, it's going to be like a 25 to 30-minute wait. And then we said, okay, that's, you know, that's fine. So we walked around, and we said, well, hey, listen, we'll just go walk around Bridge Street, and if we find something else in Bridge Street that we want to eat, then we'll just go there instead. Um, like, we'll, like, so we'll just do that. But in, in reality, like all week, once we had d- decided that that's where we were going, uh, like, that I knew I was going to go eat with them, like, I'd pretty much made up my mind made up in my mind, I was like, man, that would be a really good spot to eat once it kind of like clicked. Y'all ever get, I mean, you know what it's like, you, when you start thinking about that one spot, you're like, man, I really want to eat there, and then you think about it all week long until you get to eat there, like, so I was sitting there thinking about it, and then so we get there, and we say it's 25, 30 minutes, wait, and we, we go walk, well, we go walk around here, and, and we're walking through Bridge Street, and all of a sudden, we see this other place, and they don't look near as busy, but they, it looks like a pretty nice place. And I see a football game on the wall. Um, and I'm like, man, I, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I can get the same thing that I was going to get from this other restaurant at this restaurant. So, so we, we don't even really, I mean, we're really so close to it. We don't even have time to like pull up and see what's on the menu or anything like that. We go in, we go in, they're like, yes, we can sit you right now immediately. Uh, we'll, we'll get you set down. And we're, so we all agree, we're like, okay, that's fine. We'll try this place. 
we sit down, and, and you know, they don't have the menus at most of these places anymore. you got to pull them up on your phone. So we pull them up on our phone, and bef- like, lo and behold, we have realized that we have gotten in way more than what... We, I was just wanting a good burger, okay? And we go in this place, and they're like, you can get lobster on your burger, and you can get, um, like, there's 400 different spices, and I'm just like... What? Like, no, like, and then, like, everything's super expensive. And if you know me, I am the cheapest person you've ever met in your entire life. And I'm like, like, they want that for a burger? Are you serious? Like, does, like, do they feed me the burger too? Or what? I mean, so, and, but we done sit down and order drinks, so you can't get up and leave once you order drinks. Um, and, and, so we, we, we sit down and, and you know, the, the, they bring us our, our, our water and our sweet tea and stuff. And we're talking about, hey, it's, it's going to be fine, but give us a few more minutes because we really need to look through this, through this menu and decide what we want. So anyway, and, and the, the, food was, the food was good, don't get me wrong. Like, but what I got to thinking about was I had been thinking all week and, and, and waiting all week for this one spot that I really wanted to go to eat. But, I, but because something else because the plans changed in how I thought they were going to be, and I was being impatient, and we decided to, to go spend our time doing something else where something else, an opportunity arose, and we took it. And while it looked like it was going to be as great as what we thought it was going to be, it was nowhere near what we originally wanted. wanted. And, and this verse right here came to my mind, and, and I hope it, this verse gives you a totally different definition. But Psalms 27, 14 tells me this. It says, it says, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Now, ultimately, this is talking about, about, the, coming, about the coming of the Lord. But, and I've, I've noticed something different, and I had this talk to me, and, and, and I would have never realized this um, and a lot of you that have been around me uh, at some point, I, I've shared this many times when we talk about waiting, when we talk about things like this. But when, when, a lot of times we think the word wait right here means to, to totally stop, to not do anything at all. But, I, but let me give you this. What do you call a person that, that when, when you go to a restaurant, brings you your food and your drinks? A waiter or a waitress. Waiter, waitress. Okay, server. It, 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 all, plays, it, all, it all plays the same role. But let me ask you this. If the person who is, doing, who is, who is your waiter, your waitress, your server, um, if, if they never did anything except they just sat there, that, that, that they never brought you your food, they never did anything at all, would they be very good at, at their job? Would they be a very good waiter or waitress? Well, No. Because what their job is to do is to bring what is prepared for you to you. So I, I, I want you to think about this, and this is what I got to thinking about, is that what we think about weight is totally, is, is, often, um, is often misconstrued. That, that we have this wrong idea of when we think about waiting for God, that, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here. Now, how many of you have ever asked God for something, and you said, okay, well, now I just, okay, now I'm just going to wait on, I'm just going to, like, a lot of times we say, okay, I asked God for it, now I'm just going to sit here, and I'm just going to kind of twiddle my thumbs. And, and, I'm, and, and we do that whether or not we realize it or not many times. When we say, okay, God, 
I, I, I want to do this in life, or I want to do that, or he's put this on your heart, and say, all right, no, or, or I, I need this, God, or I need that. And we then sit there and we're like, all right, well, I asked God, I mean, I asked God for it, so, and, and I know he's going to give it to me, so now I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to wait. But I believe that's, that's where, where we, get, we get mixed up right there. Because I, w- I want you to get this, that, and, and this is going to be your big idea for today, but it's this, that a season of waiting is a season of preparation. A season of waiting is a season of preparation. And what I mean by that is that that, that time of waiting is, is called for us, is not for us to just sit here and twiddle our thumbs, but it's a time for us to pre- prepare. prepare th- th- think about this. What if you read that word, prepare for the Lord? Changes the meaning of it a little bit, doesn't it? Changes the way we interpret it. Let me excuse that. Let me excuse me. Changes the way we interpret that scripture when we prepare for the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm sure that if, if we knew that God was going to show up uh, like, like the second coming of Christ. It was, was going to happen right now or it's going to happen tomorrow. I bet we'd probably change a few things in our life. I bet, I bet if we really said we were preparing for God, like we would, we'd make sure that, that we had asked for forgiveness of everything. We would make sure we would be preparing for the coming, the second coming. So uh, I think we get in this a, a lot of times is that a lot of us get in these seasons of waiting. God, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you to do this. I'm, I'm waiting for you to do that. And we just totally stop. Because even when it says be still, to be still is still doing something. It doesn't mean that, that it's, um, it's maybe what we think it is, but it's still a verb. I want you to get this. Oh, if, let's go back to, let's talk about the, the waiter for a second. If, if the waiter was to get in the middle of the kitchen and start messing with what the chef was trying to do, all they would do is cause a mess. Because what the chef is doing, the chef is taking all the ingredients that need to be made for what, for what somebody needs, for the, the food they need, and they put it together, and then they give it to the waiter, and the waiter takes it to them. Us as being, put your spot, yourself in the waiter spot, well, that's essentially how it is. God, God is preparing all this. God is, God is getting all this ready. And us as the vessels, is it's going to be our job to take it and do it. But guess what? If we overdo and we overstep and we try to get in the chef's spot, if we try to get in the spot of God and say, hey, I know what my, when it needs to come out. I need to know how long it cooks. I, I know how, how much it needs. And we take the spot of the chef. Now we're causing a mess. And that's exactly what happens in our life. When God doesn't do things on the timeline we think he should, we all of a sudden become the chef. Can I get an amen right there? All of a sudden now we say, hey, God, you know what? You, you, yeah, sure, the chef, I totally get it. You, you know what we need, we know. But listen, you're not making this happen fast enough for, for what I think it needs to happen to. Like I got people on the outside, like, like they're, they're getting angry and, and they're asking questions. Where, like what's going on? Hey, and all of a sudden now we try to step in because we think it needs to happen a little faster. And all the time the chef's back here, hey, if you don't let it cook for a little longer, it's not going to be what, what it's supposed to be. 
A season of waiting is a season of preparation because get this, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. This is in Isaiah when, when, when he was talking to, to the Israelites, or to, when he was giving it to Isaiah to talk to the Israelites. Wait on the Lord and quit trying to do his job. Prepare. Don't sit there. Don't think when it says wait, it just means, okay, well, I get that, that I, I can't step in there, but we still have to do our part. But our part is not deciding that, hey, that it's, it's what God has aligned and taken in, into our own hands. The call to wait is a call to surrender. And that's tough. Because think about that, and, I, and I'm going to go back to this, this illustration of if, 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 if we're waiting, we're surrendering, hey, what, what, what do you need from me? whether it's the chef or the people around. Hey, what, 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 is, it, what is it that you need? What, what can I do for you? Because it's surrendering, saying, hey, I think I know what, what this needs. I think I know what you need. I think I know what, what's going on. And it's saying, no, hold on. I'm surrendering to, to whatever, whatever the chef tells me. Okay, is it going to take a little longer? All right. And this is, guys, this is just my big point for today. And what I want to do is I want to show you two different stories that catch both sides of the spectrum when it comes to waiting. Because I believe a lot of you are, and I've been there, we get in these seasons of life where we're waiting on God and we're like, man, I'm like, like I'm fixing, you feel like you're fixing to give up. You're like, man, I just, I feel like I'm, I feel like God's not doing it. I feel like God's not hearing my prayers. I feel like God's, God's not moving the way I think He should move. And while you would never say that, th- that's what's going through your head. It's, it's not happening the, 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 way, the way you want it to. Or things aren't happening as quick as you want to. Listen, it's, it's, um, it's Christmas season, I know. Amazon right now, man, we live in a, in a world where it's now, now, now. I can press something. I, I don't even have to put in my inf- information anymore, Amazon. All you got to do is click buy. How, how many of y'all got Amazon Prime? Like, come on right now. Like, all you got to do is buy now, click your address, and, and it's like, man, I bought more junk from buy now, and then think about it the next day. It's like, I didn't need that. And then it gets to the house, and it's kind of cool. But, um, but we live in a world that, that teaches us if you can't get it now, then you can find something else that you can have now. And whether that's in relationships, whether that's in physical um, uh, objects, whatever it is, we live in a now, now, now world. And what I'm saying is, is sometimes we are meant to wait. God gives us promises, but those promises, sometimes He, like we got to remember... If, if he's the chef in this deal, he knows how long this is going to take. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. There's a story, and this comes out of the, like I told y'all, um, the, I've been reading 1 Samuel, uh, the, the books of Samuel, First and Second Samuel. But you've heard parts of this story. I'm not going to go, I'm just going to tell you. I'm not going verse, uh, like I'm going to hit the major points of this story because both of these stories take about two to three chapters. 
What I encourage you to do is go home and read the entire story if, if you want to see the story. Or most of you probably know these stories. But if, if you don't, hey, go, or, or I'm going to encourage you, if you do, go back and read them because something opened my eyes because what mo- most people see in, in these chapters, I, I, did, I, I, I totally just I, I let them go. Because I think there's something huge. So 1 Samuel, starting in verse 16. I want you to get this. So God says, is telling Samuel, he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you're fixing to anoint a king. And he tells him to go to the house of Jesse. So starting in 1 Samuel 16, he says this, he says, or excuse me, he says, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest son, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep, Samuel said. Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had, had, brought in, and had, and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So I, I want you to get what is happening right now. God sent Samuel. Samuel has anointed David to be the king. Okay? But I, but I want you to get this. Imagine, imagine if somebody just told you, you have become like, I'm, I'm anointing you. You, you. you will be a king one day. I mean, you would automatically, would you not be ready like, to be like, man, I, I am the king. My selfish nature probably would. But, but get this. I'm going to jump to verse 18 right here. We are in verse 12. So, he's been anointed king, but yet, now we see that he's called into Saul's service. He doesn't go straight to being the king. He says, one of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse, Bethlehem. Uh, and like I said, you got to get the full story of this, but uh, Saul was having some bad things going on, so it called him to have an instrument played. He said, So, it says... So the son of Jesse, Bethlehem, who knows how to play the lyre, he is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is, a, is with him. Then Saul sent a messenger to Jesse and said, Send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. Do you, do you get that right there? Because I don't think we understand how big that is. He was anointed king, and do you know where he went back to? Tending the sheep. He went back to tending the sheep. Now, we're going to fast forward a little bit more into into, um, chapter 17. So now this is the story that everybody hears about, that everybody knows about, that everybody is accustomed to. So it says, David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So while he was playing in Saul's service, he was still going back and forth, tending the sheep, what he was doing when God called him to. He was taking care of what what God had put on his heart. So, of course, the famous story, David and Goliath. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this, 
Ephah, I don't know how to pronounce that word. It's a big word, and I got to stutter. Um, take this word of roasted grain and all these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. He was still tending sheep. Get this. So David said to Saul, let no one lose their heart on account of this Philistine. So this David talking, he says, so the, uh, Goliath is on the lines. He's, he's trashing the Israelites. He says, don't let anybody lose account or lose heart because of this guy. Your servant will go and fight him. But listen, Saul said this. So Saul said, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior for his youth. Now you would think, Okay, he's been like, God has already anointed him. He's doing a lot of stuff. But he's still tending sheep. Why would he be tending sheep? Why would he still be tending sheep when he has this huge calling on his life? Why would he still be tending sheep whenever God has already moved like this? Now, this, this is... David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep uh, from the flock. I went went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned back on me, I seized it by itself and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the, and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Can you understand this when it's a season of waiting is a season of preparation during that time when he was tending his father's sheep he did things because now when Saul said you're not able he had a he had an answer to that he said no hold on a second no because of when I was tending my sheep because I had to learn something in my season of waiting because I had to because this season of of time of just tending sheep you don't think it's anything important something huge happened why why he killed the the lion and the bear and Saul says you're not able to do this he says, no, hold up, I am. And that would have never happened if there would have never been a season of waiting. So you say, what does this have to do with my life? What I'm telling you is during this season maybe of your life that God is preparing you for something so much bigger, but you don't like it because you don't see the, the fruit of it at this very moment. You don't see what God is getting you ready for. You're not, you, because we can't get the full picture, we don't know what, the, what, what is going to happen. We think, well, why, why, why do I have to go through this? Why, why, am I, why, do, why would it matter that, that I'm having to fight these battles in this time? Should God deliver me from these battles. God, get me out of these battles. Maybe God is preparing you for a bigger battle. And that would have never happened if, Saul, if, if, excuse me, if David would not have had to tend the sheep still. Because get this, it is not until 2 Samuel chapter 5 that we see David was 30 years old when he finally became king and he ruled for 40 years. Let me tell you something, that to give or take, he was about 15 years old when all the other stuff happened. 15 years until he actually became king. A season of waiting is a season of preparation. And if we will change our mindsets on this, instead of, oh no, I'm going to have to wait. Oh no, I can't, I can't believe I've got to wait. Maybe if you would look at that time of waiting of what am I fixing to learn? What is God fixing to teach me through this? 
You wonder why you got to go through battles. You wonder why you have to go through trials. You wonder why things aren't always easy. Because God's probably calling you something so much bigger that you don't even get it. And we'll talk about that here at the end. But David did. David did wait. And during that time, he was prepared. He didn't just sit here and twiddle his thumbs saying, Okay, God, you said you, you, you anointed me. All right, l- let's become king. No, he still tended his father's sheep. Some of you got to tend your sheep. Oh, I don't hot now. God's timing happens on God's time. Get that. As much as you want to change it, as much as you like to make it your time, God's timing happens on God's time. Because how we really want this to work, how we wish this would go, is that it would say God's timing happens on my time. It's like some movie sound effects. We're fixing to get real deep here in a second. God's timing happens on God's time. But if, if we had it our way, our sinful side, our flesh would say, no, you know what? I think that it needs to happen right now and God's going to make it that way. Y- y'all ever been in that spot? You ever thought that and, and, and you realize oh, I was wrong? You say, no, hold on a second. That's how we would want it to be. Is that God's timing, we get God's blessings on our time. Oh man, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? But God's timing happens on His time. It's Christmas season. And, and I can remember as, as, as a young lad, hold on, can I tell y'all something really funny? Can, 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 can I tell y'all something real funny? And I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm... Um, so I've, I've, I, I, I learned a new thing. Or I, this is how I learned I was getting... Um, oh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. Um, when I, I've learned I, that I'm getting older and, and, and more mature, and you know how this, how this has happened? It's because... So y'all don't even want to know what the... I, like, I, like I told you, Amazon Prime was, like, was, bad, was, was bad for me. The most excited I've probably been all year is I ordered two new seven-packs of boxer briefs off, <laughs> off Amazon. And it's the best thing in the world. I've never been so happy. I ain't been happy, this happy all year. And they got here within two days. I was, I was a sta- I'm still ecstatic. I haven't got through the whole pack yet. I, I, I'm jumping for joy, let me tell you something. With flexibility, because I got new boxer briefs. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm having so much trouble for that one. All right. But can you, remember, can, can you remember a time at Christmas whenever you saw your presents go under the tree? And what happened whenever you saw a present go under, go under the tree? You automatically wanted to open it, right? I know I did. Like, I know... I, I know that... As soon as I saw that present, I said, oh, that's got my name on it. That's for me. So, so let's, let's open. Like, it's, it's my time to open that present. We see that David did it. We saw that David did it right. But let me ask you, has, everybody, has anybody ever got to open a present before Christmas? Yeah, I mean, my, my parents used to. But, but 
here's what I here's what I could remember is that when I would open presents before Christmas, then when Christmas morning got there, when Christmas morning got there, they weren't. It wasn't as much excitement. That I wasn't excited about that one present near like I was the stuff I had waited for. Because I'd already got to experience what, what was supposed to be part of, uh, of, a bigger, of a bigger set of plan, a bigger gift, what was supposed to be for the time of Christmas morning, I'd, I'd, already, I'd already opened it, and I, and I didn't have the same feelings for it anymore. And it would kind of be like this, what if you opened all your presents before Christmas morning, and then Christmas morning gets here, and everybody else is opening presents, but you've already, you've already got into yours because you couldn't wait. You don't get the full effect. You don't get the full joy. You don't get everything that present was supposed to mean, was supposed to, to, to bring to you because it was, on the wrong, it was on the wrong timeline. And I told you I was going to show you two stories, and, I, and, and I'm going to try to get through this one uh, fairly quick. But in Genesis, chapter 15, I'm going to show you something. Genesis, and God made a promise to Abraham. And, and I, I, I want to show you the promise real quick. Genesis 15, starting in verses 3, 3 through 5, it says, And Abraham said, uh, so God, God, God had just spoken to, to Abraham, and then Abraham replied to him, and he says, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my hire. Then, here, hair, look, here, here. Thank you. Here. I've been wondering how to say that all week. I just want you all to know that. Then, then the word of the Lord came to him. It, it, it's okay. It shows you all ain't perfect. Look. This man will not be your here. Hey, hair. Air. 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 Okay, got you. Air. I've been saying it wrong for a long time. Okay. This will, this will be your heir. Yay. I, look, I'm telling you, I'm just like y'all. I, I'm just like I promise, I mess up probably more than you do. All right. But will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. I got to pick a different version next time. So God took him outside and he said, look, look up at the scars and, and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. Now I want you to understand at this time that your, your children were huge. And I'm not saying your children are not huge now, but what I'm saying is that is where your inheritance went. Your, your heir, the one who inherited everything. This was so important because if you didn't have kids, then your all your inheritance would, would go somewhere else. And, and that's why people, that's why we see kids and that's why we see the importance of timelines so much in the Old Testament. But, but, but what, what I want you to get this is God made him a promise. He says, your offspring will be more than what you can imagine. But God doesn't, I mean, excuse me, but Abraham doesn't believe God because he says, I don't even have kids. How, there's, there's no way, dude. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump um, to chapter 16. But we're, we're going to see while you're getting there. I, you, you'll see this on your notes. That it's where the three blanks are. 
there's, there's three things that I believe uh, happens whenever we start trying to take things into our, our own hands and we say that we know when we need this. There's, there's, there's three things that, that, I, that I just learned just from this story. I'm not saying this is everything. I'm saying this is what this story I hear spoke to me this time and showed me. First, it says that we're going to look elsewhere, and, and I, I want to show you how. When we start doing things on our time, we start to look at elsewhere. So chapter 16, verses 1 through 6 says this. Now Sarah, Sarah, excuse me, um, before she was Sarah, says uh, this Abraham's wife had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my, sa- with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said, and so after Abram had been living in Canaan, 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her to uh, the, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Can I tell you this right now? That what had happened was because I, not once do we see that Abram went to God about should he should he make this transition. All we see is that whenever they thought because this is what they thought they needed right now at that time, because now realize they they were old, and they thought, okay, well, you know, God promised, but 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 now we got to take this into into our hands, and he didn't really specify what, but yet, but, but Abraham never really went back to God and said, hey, what, well, what exactly, is this coming? So he just kind of went with what his, what his wife said. So they looked elsewhere. And that's what happens in our life. Whenever things, that, that things don't happen on our time, we start to look elsewhere. When, when, when God gives us something and, and we feel like God's calling us to something, but it doesn't happen on the timeline we think it should, uh, we start to look elsewhere and say, I don't know. Or when, when, when we believe that we're in a season of life and we don't understand why we're that season, we're like, well, uh, you know what? I know what I deserve. I know what I, sh- what, what I should be. I, like, I know that I deserve more than that. But, and I know that God, God, God has said that, I've got, that I get more than that. But, but yet, uh, I, I'm going to look elsewhere because it's just not happening. When I, like, like it, it should have already happened right now. And, and, and then we put it on God and say, well, well, God hasn't made it happen by now. So it just, you know, it shouldn't happen. So the first thing is that we look elsewhere. The, the, the second thing that we look for, we think it only affects us. And we're going to see how this really... We think it only affects us. How? When she knew... She, so when, the, uh, when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abraham, You are responsible. Do you all remember what she said a little while ago? She, and then she says, you're responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now what she knows is she's pregnant. And now she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Oh, those are, this is what his wife is telling him. And then, and then he, so he says, your slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated her, and uh, mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Guys, 
when you don't trust God, when you don't wait on God's timing, it, don't, it does not only affect you, it affects others around you. Because you're being prepared for something bigger, but we've got to, and I understand, you say, well, I, I, guys, you've got to get this. And then the third thing that I want you to get is this, is that, 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 that we believe is, like I was talking about earlier, that quicker is always better. You know, sometimes it's, it, this would be essentially what we're looking like in, in today's life. Hey, um, instead of waiting for a perf, like a handmade painting that was specifically of, of like it's got meaning, it's got value to it, and it's so much better quality, instead we, we settle for the same thing that's close but just not as great on Amazon because it gets here in two days instead of it takes two, uh, two weeks or two months or two years to get, to get the other painting. Like, I don't like paintings anyway. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name gave her the name, gave him the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael. And, and this is what I want you to see. This is what, what we need to, he was 86 years old when this happens. In the book of Genesis, this is these are the last two verses in verse 15 and 16. Excuse me, in, in chapter 16. We have no record. Verse 17 starts right here. It says, Abraham was 99 years old. We have no record of, of what happened for 13 years. 13 years. We see nothing. And then God appeared back to Abraham. And he says, I am the God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Do you remember the promise he made him back in chapter 15? If you can count the stars, so great will your offspring be. Can I tell you this? God's promises never lack God's results. God's promises never lack God's results. Because, like I said, I'm going to hit the high points of the rest of the story. Because I want you to get this in 17, verses 15 through 19. It says, God also said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Call her Sarah. I will bless her and surely give you a son by her. Now she's like, no, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come before her. And this, this verse always blows my mind. It says, Abraham fell face down and he laughed and, and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Some of y'all are like, oh, that sounds, that sounds rough. And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing." Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for descendants after him. A season of waiting is a season of preparation. And when we try to take this into our own, into our own time and put it on our timeline, and say, God, give me your blessings on my timeline, 
we see those are just three things I just, I, those are the three things I could pick out of, of this story. And, and if, if, if I really dug even further down into it, I'm sure we could probably find so much more. A season of, a season of waiting is a season of preparation. And right now, God is preparing some of you, and you don't understand why. You don't get why you're still in this season of life. You're like, God, I've been in this season forever, I feels like. Whether you're tired, whether you're, you're wondering how, how much longer. But can I tell you this? That just because, even, with Abram, even though Abram messed up, Abraham messed up, it didn't count him out. He didn't say, he didn't say, nope, I'm done with you. And and even even Ishmael, he didn't throw him to the wolves. I'm telling you, if 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 you go read the whole story, you get to see the entire picture, which is amazing. I just couldn't hit it all this morning. Just because you haven't waited before, just because you feel like you're in a season of life right now, and, and, and maybe you said, Hey, I'm in a season of life right now, and I and, and I've taken this season in my own hands. And, 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 and I can see something that's happened. Like I, I can tell that I've looked elsewhere. I've, I, I can tell that it's caused disruption um, in, in my life. I'm, like, I, I see that right now. May, that doesn't mean that, that it's over. It doesn't mean that you're done. It means it, it now's the, the time for a new start. Because you have to realize that this season is just to prepare you. Don't give up on God because it's not happening on your timeline. Because I want you to get this. 2 Corinthians 12.9 He says, But He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in... Everybody say this word. In... Oh, no, hold on a second. My power is made perfect in... So that, therefore, I will boast in all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Let me tell you something. That sometimes you're in, you're in this season right now, because guess who's been getting the glory out of your other seasons? Not God. Maybe you're in a season right now that, 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 that you don't like because, because at the end of the day, and, and, and even in other seasons that you say, well, God was getting the glory. Hey, maybe God is fixing to really do something in your life that, that is only because your faith is, is strong enough to handle it, that, you're fix, that He's fixing to do something in your life that they're going to say that was only God. That was only God because they were... They were in their weakness. They were weak. There's no way that happened because of them. And what God's fixing to do will only show that it was Him. Because let me tell you something. God wants glory for God. That is why we are here. God wants glory for God. And if we don't understand that we're going to go through some seasons in life and waiting is so hard because we are so impatient. And I am number one at it, okay? I'm not standing here telling you I'm not. My patience is not something I'm great at. 
But I am telling you this, that when you realize that the waiting is not always a burden and that you can see it as a season of preparation, football teams, baseball teams, rodeo, it don't matter. What you prepare in the off time because you're getting ready for something bigger. But here's the difference in, in football teams and what's going on here. You know you're getting ready for the big game. You know you're getting ready for, for, the, uh, for the rope. And you know you're getting ready for whatever it may be. You can see it so you know it's coming. And that's why you're okay with preparing even though that this time is, is, is not so much, is not as fun. When you're going to have to rope the dummy a hundred times. When you're going to have to throw the baseball for two hours. But here's the difference is you're fine with it because you know what's coming. So this is where your faith kicks in. You don't know what's coming, but you've got to trust that God knows that what is. Because get this. Let's go all... And so after waiting patiently... Do you see that? After waiting patiently, Abraham received... What was promised? He got what was promised, but it was going to take something. One last thing. Excuse me, I got two more. I'm done. There's a story, and I'm I'm going to preach this to y'all one day. I promise you, because I love this, and nobody ever hardly looks at this book. Book called Habakkuk. That, that's real hard to say. But, oh man. But what had happened was in verses 1 through 4, it was, it was Habakkuk's first complaint against. He says, God, why? God, why? God, why? And then he says, look at the nations. And God, this is God's reply. God says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you wouldn't even believe if I told you. And we don't get that. Because we want to know what it is. And God says, you ain't going to believe it if, I, if I'm going to tell you. So guess what? If you don't think that he wouldn't say that to, to us today, then I'm telling you, you got something coming. You don't get what he's getting you ready for. So you're going to have to be okay and understand that during this season of waiting, it's for something so much bigger. Because let me tell you something. God, God, gave, us, God gave the Israelites four promises right here. And I want you to understand this. He says, so don't fear because I'm with you. That's a promise. Don't be dismayed because I'm your God. There's a promise. I will strengthen you and help you There's a promise. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. There's a promise. Some of you are scared because you don't know what's going to happen. And and you want to take this into your own hands. Fear has struck you. But you forgot that he's with you. You're dismayed. You're upset. Because you don't get it even though you know he's your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I'm not going to let you fall. Even though in this season it feels like you're falling. Guys, a season of waiting is a season of preparation. And just because things have not went the way you've wanted them so far does not mean it's over. 
Y'all bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to think about this. I, I, I don't know where you are in life right now. I don't have a clue. You could probably come tell me and I probably wouldn't even get it. I probably wouldn't even fully understand it. I'm not going to act like I would because I'm, I'm not there. But I will tell you this. I've been in seasons of my life where I said, God, is this ever going to end? And some of you are right there. You're like, God, why? why? I don't get it. What, what is going on? right now, I want you to focus on whatever that is in your life. I don't know what it is. But if, if that's you in your season and you're, and you're starting to question God and you're saying, God, why? Well, what's going on? Why? And, 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 you're, and you're starting to give up. Right now is, is, is where I want you to say is, is you and God right now. God, I'm sorry. God, man, I've, I've, I've been doing this on me. This is on me now. You, you, you gave me a promise. You said you're going to uphold me. You said you're going to give me strength. But, but I haven't because I've been doing this on my time. God's promises never lack God's results. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And share this on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about it. Hey, make sure to reach out to me and let me know what you think. If, you, if this is the type of things you like or if you like the shorter ones, I'm always looking for feedback. Y'all have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. I love y'all. I'm out.